Welcome to How She Creates. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lauren. And we're here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite artists to learn how they create. We'll discuss creativity, tips, tools, inspiration, and life as an artist. We hope these conversations leave you encouraged to make more stuff and share it with the world. Welcome to another episode of How She Creates. Today, it's just Kaylee and I, and we're talking about community. This is a really important topic for artists and creators, and so we're really excited to be able to share more of our ideas and our thoughts and the communities that we're involved in. So we're going to be sharing uh, the different forms of community, the 10 best parts of community for us what community we're in and what we recommend, as well as how to find community so that it's very practical for you and that you get the best experience of community. So we're going to start off by talking about why community is important. Community is really important to me online and offline. Offline, I feel like community is just one of the best ways for me as an extrovert to be around people, but people who are like-minded and people who I enjoy being with and can talk to and spend time with. Um, and I'm in a lot of different communities uh, offline. You know, I um, teach a Zumba class. I have a group of women that I like to hang out and craft with. I have friends who really like to eat and we like to go to dinner together. And we have couple friends we spend time with. And I'm in some women's Bible studies and different things like that. Um, but what I always notice as a crafter is the crafting community is what's missing for me. And so that's where online community comes in for me really well when I can be in crafting communities and business communities and different things like that. And so we're going to focus more on those today, but I think online and offline community is really, really important. I agree. Um, For me as an introvert, I'm really, really more into the online community. I've got my communities offline as well, which Lauren said is very important. But online, I mean, when I moved to Germany, I had absolutely no one and nothing in this country. So I really delved into the online communities and gave myself fully. And I think that that's what made me grow as an artist and as a person it's really nice being part of online communities as an introvert because you get to choose your level of interaction you get to withdraw when you need to withdraw as Lauren was saying the offline community is really important too so I don't want to negate that but for me my heart is with the online community probably because of how much it was there for me during my move and how the connections are just as deep and meaningful or sometimes more probably in a different way. But um, there's like a level of connection that you get that you like from speaking to strangers that just get you and being able to talk to people in that way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that sometimes people think that online communities are are not as real or not as important. Um, But I think we've both seen in our personal lives how important and how real they are. You know, just like you and I's friendship totally started as an online thing, but it's 
a real person to person relationship. And so sometimes people think that, you know, oh, you can't be friends. You know, you're going to get catfished. But um, <laughs> that's, that's but not always yeah, true. You met me and I totally wasn't murdered. So exactly. Exactly. Success story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a difference in being in a like random online chat room versus being on Instagram talking to someone who is a crafter. Exactly. So I think in this, yeah, in this episode, we can chat more about how to make sure your community is real and to be part of something that makes your heart boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. Like it does for for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to start talking about the different forms of community and we're going to start at the bottom, the smallest level, and then work our way up. So the first form or level of community would be one-on-one. And that's how Kaylee and I met and how we got started. But there's a lot of different forms of that. So like we said in our introduction episode, how we started Get Messy was through being accountability partners. So Kaylee and I met online and we decided to be art journal accountability partners And then out of that was born, you know, a huge thing. And we're not saying that that's why you should be in community, Um, but it's how it worked for us. But we have lots of online accountability through different groups and friends. And it's just a really great way to get things done and to be accountable to someone. Yeah, because you can't like... You know, it's it's a bit more embarrassing when you let someone else down compared to when you let yourself down. If you've got something that you want to do, like you want to make, for example, with Lauren and us, we wanted to make art journal pages. If it was just me that was doing it and I was like, oh, I didn't make a page today, like I promised myself, I'll be like, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. But if I knew Lauren was posting every day, um, you know, it, it's a bit of encouragement. Absolutely. And so you can even find accountability you know, just in one person that you can, you know, email and say, okay, we're going to be accountability partners and we're going to do this together and post together. But also you can use accountability online through your Instagram or through hashtags or Facebook or your blog. And so sometimes that's a little bit more, um, larger accountability. If you post on Instagram, like I'm going to do this 30 day project, there's not necessarily one person who, you know, you've agreed to ask how it's going, but there are still now a lot of people who are going to be tuning in and looking and saying, where's your 30 day project? Then you also get one-on-one community that is usually paid and that's through a coach or mentor. You can get mentors that do it for free, but it's much better to pay someone. Um, we've got a few examples of coaches. There is Nora Conrad and she does goal-driven business coaching. Amy Maracle uh, does creative development. Emily Jeffords does creative business and Instagram mentoring. Tiffany Hand does business coaching and Mary England does self-love coaching. And we're going to link that in the show notes. But um, Lauren, do you want to tell us a bit more what coaching is? Since you've been part of a coaching thing, I have not yet. Yeah, so I've got a whole blog post about it we can link to. I did a one-on-one coaching business session with Tiffany Hahn, and I feel like that was the uh, one of the most pivotal moments in my uh, online art business for me was she helped me really uh, niche down and figure out what I was doing and gave me some ideas, and she gave me that accountability and that those goals. She helped me set goals and kind of narrow in and focus on 
what my goals were and what my business was about and what I actually wanted to accomplish. And she asked me hard questions. And it was just really great because you can be in a bigger group and talk to people. But when you're paying a coach for one-on-one time, you get a full hour of someone's complete attention, totally focused on you and not on themselves. So if you're in you know, a bigger group, everyone gets a chance to share and have ideas. But when it's one-on-one, you are paying them to completely pay you attention and only talk about your business and be very focused. And they're not just chatting. They have you know, they have a plan. They have a list of questions they're going to ask you. They have prep work that you have to do beforehand. So even sometimes just the prep work is worth it in itself because it's that accountability. You know, they're going to show up and you know, they're going to be asking you these questions. So you have to get yourself ready for that session. And so that was incredibly helpful for me. Now, Emily Jeffords, I have done, um, I took her Instagram mentoring class and I'm actually this coming week going to do a um, small group business coaching session with her, but I really love what she stands for and who she is. We have very similar values and goals, um, even though we do very different things, but I just really enjoy her style and her business practices. So I think that's a big thing when you're picking a mentor or picking someone to coach, you want to pick someone you know, not who's exactly like you, but who has very similar goals and beliefs and values and work ethic as you do so that you make sure they're pointing you in the right direction that you want to go. Exactly. So the difference between like a coach or mentor and an accountability buddy is kind of like an accountability buddy is on your level and it's give and receive. Whereas a coach or mentor, you are receiving the whole time and they are experienced they get you there probably quicker, but it's a different type of relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So our next level of community are small groups. And now Kaylee and I have been in a, in a mastermind group together. And you'll hear a lot of business people like Sean West talk about masterminds. And Kaylee is actually who started ours. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? So, okay. So a mastermind is a group of people, usually around four to eight people, I would say is a good amount of people in a mastermind and you get together and you've all got the same purpose. And I think that's the most important thing about a mastermind. So with our little group, it's all small businesses and we're all kind of at the same level with our businesses um, in that we're just starting out. We want to grow it. We want to make it better. And we get together and we share our goals once a month and we meet once a week and do a checkup on each other and we know what's going on in each other's businesses. And yeah, what else? One of my favorite parts about it is having a place that I can go and post. And I know that it's going to be safe. Like I can post something I'm working on for my business that's like in a really rough draft that I'm not ready to share. And I know they're not going to go tell the world about it, but they also will give me feedback. And it's pretty quick because, you know, people are from all over the world and people are online all the time. So I can post in there. What do you think about this logo? And I can come back in an hour and two or three people will have said, you know, it's too big. It's too small. It's ugly. You know, always nice things, but very, very helpful constructive criticism. Yes. And everyone in the mastermind wants you to do well. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not competing. You're helping one another. 
Mm. So I think like with one-on-one, you've only got one opinion, whereas in a mastermind, you're going to have five or so opinions and then you can kind of get an average of that to see where you should be going. Yeah. And I think when it's, you know, one-on-one coaching, you, you feel bad. I mean, cause you can't, you don't get access to them 24 seven, but when it's a mastermind, because it's give and take, you do have access to people a lot more often. Mm, exactly. So our one is obviously free, but you do get paid ones. Um, I've never done a paid one. Lauren, you haven't either. No. So we're not really going to speak about that. Um, we wouldn't know where to find it. We did see one mastermind that was paid, but it was insanely expensive. I think it was like $10,000. So that was, yeah. yeah. And I think those are more, again, towards coaching. Like there's a person who's in charge, who's making sure you do well because you're paying that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, it could be good to pay, even if you've got your own one. And then you kind of put money into like a little kitty or something. And then if you don't do your goals, then you don't get your money back or I don't know, something like that, just because putting your money where your mouth is gives you an extra level of accountability. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can totally agree with that. When I have taken like free classes or done free things, I don't really put a lot of stock in them. But if I pay for something, I'm much more likely to follow through with it and do it. Yeah, that's true. Me too. I think Sean West actually has an episode on masterminds that he released recently and it's number 65 and that was brilliant. So if you want to start to mastermind, you should listen to that episode. Hmm. Good tips in there. So mastermind is kind of, like we said, up to 10 people, more than 10 people would classify it as a medium sized community, a big community, depending on how many people there are in it. Yeah. So normally there's going to be, you know, between 10 and a thousand people in that community. So they can vary. And there are so many of these online and on Facebook. And so we're going to share about a few that we're a part of or that we know of that we think are helpful. Yeah. So obviously the first bigger community is Get Messy. And that is obviously our favorite one (laughs) because we are part of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it's great. And so not only do we have the Get Messy program where we will teach you about art journaling, but we always say the best part about Get Messy is the community portion. And so we run that in a Facebook group. And so it's just an open Facebook group. You have to be a part of Get Messy to be in it. But once you're in it, you know, it's open to posting whoever wants to post whatever. It's art journaling focused. So Normally, we will ask a daily question like, what's your favorite tool, your favorite technique, or share a tip or something. So the questions are always different to spark conversation. But what people love about it is that you can post at any time. So you can post a picture of an art journal page that you're having trouble with, and people will post suggestions in there. Or you can ask, you know, I, I feel really dumb, but I don't know what gesso is or gesso is because you know which how do you say it and people will respond instantly and be really really helpful and encouraging and nice um and you can make friends that way and you can learn that way and it's a good place when you choose these niche communities this is just an art journal community so you can know that when you go there it's only going to be about art journaling and so it's a good place for you if you don't know any real art journalers in real life 
you can make art journaling friends in the art journaling community. And so there's a couple of different communities that are similar to that. There is 30 Days of List. There um, is Awesome Ladies, who Are You Kristen runs. Uh, Studio Calico, which is scrapbooking. Sean West has one for business. Blacksburg Bell has one for creative business that's called Sunday Society, and that is a paid community. And then there are a few other Facebook groups that we're a part of or know about. There is Raise Your Hand, Say Yes, which is the business one. There's the Being Boss podcast community. I believe that one's paid, isn't it, Kaylee? No, it's free. I think they've got two different ones, but the Facebook page is free. Okay. The Facebook group. Um, Mm -hmm. Then there's Melissa Griffin. She has Nectar Collective, and that's a business group. And then there is Femtrepreneur, which is also based on business. And then there's Dean Street Society, which is, again, about business. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of business ones. I think that's because nowadays there's so many solopreneurs and online entrepreneurs that, you know, People kind of need that accountability in their community. Yeah. I think the most important one with finding a bigger community is that there's a niche, a very specific, and the more specific you can get, the better. I know that there are a lot of follow facts communities on Facebook. There's there's ones for pregnancy. Yeah, pregnancy ones. And you can even find them for, like, your town. So, like, I have a friend who's in a pregnancy group in you know south carolina who are from people who are due in january or february so it's like so specific yeah yeah Yeah. but usually the more specific the better i find yeah otherwise there's just too much noise and then the quality goes way down yeah like i definitely wouldn't want to be in a group of ten thousand people i just feel like that's Mm. that's too many yeah, then you feel like you need to catch up and you kind of go, th- you scroll through that while you're bored and you're not really gaining anything from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that leads us into the really, really large communities. For us, the large communities are Instagram, blogging, forums, and Reddit. There are some other ones, but these are the ones that we've had experience with. Um, and they are basically just like completely open communities. You know, Instagram is huge. There's no way that you're going to be able to catch up on everything on Instagram. So for that, we would, we've got a few tips on making that into an actual community that benefits you. So like for Instagram to kind of, again, niche down and get it more specific, you can go through hashtags or you can follow people that you admire and maybe see who they admire and who they follow and get some ideas for that. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, I think that's a great way to build communities through hashtags and also following people. Kaylee and I always had this conversation about how I follow too many people on Instagram um, and I've been trying to call it down recently And I definitely notice a difference. There are definitely people I follow who just have beautiful pictures and I'm happy to follow them, but I'm not in community with them. That is, that is definitely different. Like I'm an observer from afar. I love National Geographic and a beautiful mess, but you know, following National Geographic, I'm not going to be friends with, with them. There's no one to be friends with because it's not a personal account. And so I like to follow accounts that are 
you know, specific to things I like and that are people that I can truly interact with. Like Laura Hager is a project life person that I follow on Instagram and I really love her style and what she does. And, you know, she doesn't have 10,000 or 10 million followers. She's just a normal person who just makes stuff that I like and I like looking at it and commenting on it. And, you know, we'll sometimes kind of chat in the comments and that is building community on Instagram versus following a million people who post random things. Yeah, like there's a difference between like just getting like an inspiration for all the time compared to the like using Instagram as a place for community. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's definitely a place for both. Like I said, I have accounts that I follow, but just because they post really beautiful pictures and I like them and I do get ideas and inspiration from, from them, but I'm not becoming friends with those people. Yeah. And it's the same for blogging. You know, you can follow all these blogs and you can follow people just because they make amazing things and you can follow people because they are your friends or not, maybe not your friends, but you really relate to them or you can see yourself in them or you admire the way that they live their life or something. I agree. But I know that there's like a big argument right now that, you know, blogging is dying and blog comments are dying. And so people are saying, you know, social media is the way that we're connecting and that we're building community with these people. So I definitely, I hope that blogging never dies because I totally love it. But it's right. The connection is definitely different. And I definitely make connections with people on Instagram. Yeah. 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 And I know that there are other larger communities that you can be a part of like Twitter and Facebook and all of that. Uh, But I think for building community, my best tip is to pick one, one platform and have community there. So I use Facebook as totally personal. I'm only friends with people I know in real life on Facebook. And I look at people's wedding pictures and baby pictures and those kind of things. And then Instagram is for building creative community for me. And those are the two things that I use. And at the end of the episode, we'll talk about how to find community in Instagram and in other places. But for now, we're going to talk about our favorite parts of community. So we have a top 10 list of the 10 best parts of community. Number one, someone who gets you. This is such a big one for me because firstly, I was in South Africa. Then I was in Germany with not many friends. So I've really had a limited pick of the types of people. So yeah, in South Africa, there's not a very big crafting community there. It's growing now and I'm really excited about that Um, and in Germany there is a big community but everyone speaks German and I'm in a tiny little town so having an online community means that I've got a group of people that know exactly what I'm talking about that like get messy there's a group of people that know exactly how excited I get when Jesso is 50% off you know or like in our mastermind, everyone there knows exactly how I feel when someone I admire likes one of my Instagram posts, you know, like little things, things that, you know, and husbands are very good at supporting you, but they don't get it. Yeah. They don't, you know, <laughs> and you don't have to explain things. I like that I can post mm. something and 
People are like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And if I told someone in real life, they'd be like, what is that? Why do you have that again? What does that do? <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, you just someone who immediately gets you and immediately gets excited with you and understands completely. Mm-hmm. So number two is accountability, which we talked a lot about, but community is great for accountability. People are expecting you to show up and do what you said. Mm-hmm. I agree. Going with accountability, we have support. And so half of accountability is having people that expect you to show up and want you to show up and having that um expectation to show up then when you do show up then you've got the community supporting for you supporting you and clapping for you and cheering for you and when you do well they're really happy and when you do badly they're there to help you get back up or to remember the good times or to tell you that you are still awesome and you can still do this yeah number four is new ideas So when you're in community, you get so many fantastic ideas, you know, and Elise from um, Elise Gets Crafty talks about all the time how you're never going to run out of ideas. You don't need to hoard your ideas, but sometimes you do feel like you're out of ideas. And I love that I can post in my communities online and say, I don't know what this is or I need a new project. What do I do? And people will immediately share with me 20 new ideas that I can have that they're not hoarding, that they're freely sharing. And so I love that. And I love that I can get ideas from people in a roundabout kind of way. You know, they're, they're talking about a new project or they share a cool link to something and that will open my eyes to a new person or a new artist or a new craft or a new community that I didn't know about that I would have never found on my own. So there's a lot of sharing and learning that goes on and new ideas that you gain from being in community. Exactly. And part of getting all those ideas is also getting opposing ideas, which we've put on its own at number five. And Lauren and I are so very different. So although we've got like the same values and the same goals and the same wants out of our lives, like she's an extrovert and I'm very introverted. She's really good at words and I'm really not, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so like playing on each other, having an idea that's completely different to yours really broadens your horizon and um, it it deepens your art in a way that you just can't do by yourself. Exactly. And so you'll just learn things that you've never thought of. So, you know, you can post something in your community and people will respond in a way that you had never thought of before. But you're like, oh, yeah, that's totally right. I agree with that. So mm-hmm. opposing ideas are great. They're what we need. They're yeah. what spurs on. And because um, and because it's online you have people from different countries that have completely different backgrounds to you that see the world in a completely, completely different way. And, you know, you can't like, they say that authors need to experience the world in order to write about something. You can't like, you can't always do that. You can't always live in a new country every month. So having an online community kind of does that for you. Yeah. Is that a roundabout way of saying that? Oh, that's that's a super great yeah, explanation. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Um, number six is real life friendship. So just like Kaylee and I, we hang out every summer now. We started as online friends. And so 
So many cool things happen. I have a really good friend here in Seoul that we met on Instagram and then she happened to just move to Korea. And so then we started hanging out in real life. And so you can make all kinds of friends in real life from the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really cool because you kind of have that, especially for introverts again, you have that basis on which to start. So when you meet them in real life, it's not completely awkward and like two people just saying nothing. You know, you you know about each other. You can immediately start talking and just not stop. Number seven is knowledge. So like we've mentioned, mentioned this a few times before, there is so much great knowledge to be had and to be shared online and in online community. And so anytime you post something in the Get Messy Facebook group, within minutes, multiple people will have responded with their ideas, their suggestions, will have shared links with you to whatever you're asking for, and they're just always there. Mm. Number eight is a safe place to share. Having a little online community is really special. And the smaller you go with the community, the safer it is to share. And maybe if you've never been part of a community, it's easier to share intimate parts of yourself with uh, less people. So instead of like going into a Facebook group with 10,000 people, you might want to start in a Facebook group with 200 people or in a little mastermind. I know it's really difficult for people to share with what they see as strangers but that's the only way that you're going to grow is that if you open is if you open yourself up oh well i think one thing with sharing online is you don't actually have to see these people face to face so you can be a little bit more vulnerable and honest with things that you wouldn't necessarily share with your coworkers or people you know in real life yeah and they're being vulnerable with you too yeah Um, Number nine is brainstorming. So like we've said before, there are so many new ideas and so much you can learn from online community. And so, like I said, whenever we are working on new classes or new programs or things, our masterminds and our online communities are a great place to start and get input and ideas and kind of figure out where we need to go for there. And one thing that we always do is we'll just jot down in a list questions that people are asking. So if you're in a Facebook community like we are with Get Messy, we notice this people are asking the same questions over and over again. And so we decide, okay, we either need to make that more clear because people don't understand, or we need to make a class on this because people are not learning this knowledge other places. And so it's a great place that we're brainstorming and getting new ideas. Mm-hmm. And then our number 10 for the best parts of community is that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And what that means is that together, it's just so much more than just like one plus, like Lauren and I together is better than one plus one, you know? So one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals a million. Yeah. And always, whatever you're creating as outside of yourself comes out so much better. I love the Get Messy group does a couple of different collaborative projects and the artwork just comes out so amazing because it has multiple people touching it and multiple people's ideas and experiences and talents in it. And so I just think that with any program or anything that we create or anything we do online, when we share it with others and get their input, 
it comes out so much better than what I could have done all by myself. Exactly. Oh my gosh, like the zine squad, Lauren. They are insane. Yes. Now we're going to move on to some communities that we're in and that we would recommend. Okay. As we said, number one, get messy. That is definitely our favorite community. Absolutely. We also really recommend Instagram because the people on there are really nice. So my two favorites are probably Emily Jeffords and Tiffany Hahn's communities because they're both for creative businesses and they are very diverse. So there are a lot of people in there who are running large and small and different types of businesses. So you can get a lot of good ideas and resources from those communities. And back when I was scrapbooking a lot, I loved Studio Calico's uh, community. It is wonderful. Yeah, and Studio Calico has the boards, which is really great for inspiration, but they've also got their forums. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have a link to all of these communities in the show notes at howshecreates.com. And now we're going to talk about how you can find community for yourself. The first one that we recommend is Instagram hashtags. So not only just following people that you like their art, that maybe do similar things to you, that do things that interest you, but using hashtags to connect with other people and to share your work with other people. So a few hashtags that I really like recently are carve out time for art and um, cultivate creativity and um, creative life, happy life. Those are probably some of my favorite ones right now that I'll scroll. Oh, and jungle style. That's my favorite one for what? sure. jungle style? What? Um, <laughs> it is Justina Blakeney's blog. She has a blog called jungle the jungle and it's like a home decor movement and it's all about like bohemian feel and it, so it's my absolute favorite and the hashtag is beautiful but it's definitely a very large hashtag so it's more of, of those like I just like to look at this and find good inspiration it's definitely not one that I'm making friends through yeah so how would we find friends on Instagram how would you say comment on someone's pictures instead of just liking it Yes. respond to all of the comments that people have left for you if someone comments with just an emoticon you know you can just reply with an, an emoticon back if someone writes a whole long paragraph then it's really nice to take the time and reply to everything number one most important thing with instagram comments is to be sure to reply to questions oh yeah yeah i am bad about that sorry guys i try my best <laughs> um but yeah yeah just chatting and leaving comments on other people that are more thoughtful than just an emoji, um, which I know sometimes is all it needs. But yeah, really sharing. And I think the difference is that, you know, someone posts a pretty picture and you can say, oh, this is pretty. But when people ask questions on Instagram, you want to answer them. You know, you want to be helpful or they're obviously looking to have a conversation. So respond. So that's the, I think that's the best way. I hate it when I see people ask questions and no one responds. I mean, they're here trying to have a conversation with you and people are claiming it's so hard to build community. I'm like, but you're just ignoring the people who, who are reaching out. Um, Mm. so yeah, that's one of my big ones. 
Yeah, and if you've got someone that you're following on Instagram and you're commenting on her stuff and she's commenting on yours, then take it to the next level and send her a direct message and say, hey, you want to be other accountability partners or hey, you want to be in a mastermind that I'm start that I'm starting. Yeah, yeah, or just have more of a conversation, you know, maybe you're not ready to reach out with a, I'm starting a mastermind. Maybe it's just, I really love what you're doing. You know, where do you find inspiration? Who do you follow? What do you like? Um, and just becoming friends with them and getting to know them better. And along those same lines is what you can do is you can look on Instagram. Now they have the feature where when you click follow, there's the little arrow beside it and it pops down similar accounts. And so you can find other people to follow that post similar things. And so that's a good way to, to grow um, the list of people that you follow. And, you know, hashtags are a good way to do that. Looking at if there's a letterer that you follow and she's really wonderful, look at the hashtags she's using and go to those hashtags and find new letterers through that. Yeah. So I think one of them, that's probably one of my best tips. If there's someone you really like and you want to follow more people like them and find more things that are similar is to kind of creep around their profile. Look at who follows them, look at who they follow do the, you know, similar people button, look at their hashtags. And that's a good way to follow and find new people and new inspiration. Mm. And also people that are commenting on their stuff. Yeah. That's a bit broader. So maybe, I mean, maybe if you are looking for a bit of community, you always want to do someone on the same level as you. So if you're going to be following someone with a million followers, you're not going to be able to be usually one-on-one with her and be able to have that type of community. But if you look at people commenting, then those are, those tend to be people that are very much like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to make a comment about Instagram fights. I am of the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, and so it just pains me to see mean comments and derogatory comments on people's Instagrams like there I don't know I just feel like there's just no reason for that um and there's just no reason to engage with that and so I love when people chat in the comments and they're like oh me too I love that too you know and then that kind of conversation goes off in its own and I think that's great but I just think there's just no reason for people to be fighting or to be putting snarky comments on Instagram or has anyone ever done a snarky comment on your Instagram? Mm. I'm trying to think. I feel like I have had one maybe, but I totally deleted it. Like, you know, I'm in control of this and there's no reason for there to be snarky comments. Now, I will say my real life friends will sometimes put snarky comments on my Instagram and I'm always and they and they always joke. They're like, "I wonder if your like creative friends are going to come to your like rescue and like start an Instagram fight with me." But um, <laughs> but they're always like joking and I like know that they've posted the comment and they would never really put anything super mean. Um but I can I think they're the only ones who put really snarky comments <laughs> on there. What about you? Yeah, I posted a selfie once last year, two years, I don't know, a long time ago. 
And it was just like a selfie of my face. Like it was not like adding value to the world or anything. I just thought I looked pretty good. Like my makeup looked good that day. So I posted a picture and then someone posted this like long thing about how, oh, you're just posting this for attention for yourself. I don't even know why you're doing this. This is stupid. Like this is, you know, like just going on. Nothing like particularly mean, but just like that. I don't know why she spent all her time writing that out. And it was so cool because then all my crafty friends were like, you shut up. That's like, don't, <laughs> if you've got nothing else to say, don't say it. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. Oh, wait. I do remember when I got my fish, someone had something mean to say about me getting a fish. <laughs> true though is your fish alive um one of my fish is still alive (laughs) look the other one didn't make it the 24 hour period so you know how like when you buy fish and they die within 24 hours it's like not your fault um that who says that no one says that yes oh my gosh growing up always when we would get pet fish from like you know some like the carnival or like walmart somewhere like really cheap we'd pay like 10 cent for them they have like a 24 hour return policy that if they die you can bring them back and get another one that wow but anyway batman for the world batman is still alive and he lives at school with me and my students love him (laughs) and he's just fine snarky instagram commenters (laughs) Um, okay that was a little tangent but yeah instagram is a great place yeah then like going on with instagram blogs we were saying that blogs are kind of dying but it's still a really great place to find accountability if you comment on someone's blog and she doesn't usually have a lot of comments it means a real lot to her absolutely i totally agree with that i definitely take notice when people comment now because it is so easy just to click through really quickly um and pinning things i think people really appreciate that and that's a great way to find new blogs is through pinterest and new people to follow and then following the source of the pin instead of just repinning exactly exactly Mm -hmm. do people comment on pinterest i know you can comment on pinterest but i don't think you can build community that way no i would know no i don't think so if anyone does that let us know yeah, and tell us why. Why do you do that? Because I feel like no one ever reads that. Oh, well, okay. I will say one way to build community, though, using Pinterest to facilitate community. I think you can have group pin boards, which you can so you can share things you're finding, or then you can send pins. I love this function. You can send pins to people who would like them, and so. If you find a pen or you find something that you think someone would like, you can send it to them because people always appreciate it's like a gift. You know, it's like a thoughtful gift of like Lauren saw this like really cool outfit post and she knows that I'm like redoing my wardrobe. And so she shared with me this, you know, helpful article about new outfits or something, um, you know, being thoughtful in what you're sharing and I think, I think, yeah, that's a good way to build community and let people know that you're like really reading what they're putting out there and not just looking at the pictures. I think that's the big thing now with Instagram and blogs is that people are just looking at the pictures and not reading the captions and comments. And so by doing thoughtful things and having thoughtful conversations, it shows that you're reading what they're talking about and not just liking the pretty picture. It's kind of like, what would you do in real life, you know? That's so smart. Yeah, you would never walk up to someone 
and just like hold up the, your hands in a heart and be like heart emoji at your <laughs> outfit and like walk away. You know, you would stop and chat with them. <laughs> okay. And going on from the Pinterest one and sending it directly to someone, emailing someone directly is a great way to make a community, to build a community. That's what you did with me, Lauren. Yep. Tracked you down. <laughs> you were following me somehow and then you decided email me directly say hey like we're kind of the same you know like I'm about to move overseas you just move overseas let's chat yeah and you responded so nicely um yeah like I don't think I've ever had anyone like send me a mean email reply when I sent them something nice. I mean, sometimes people don't reply because they're busy, their inboxes are crazy, and that's fine. I mean, that's not someone that I'm meant to, you know, be best friends with right now. But yeah, emailing people directly with personable things, not just like, hey, don't you want to promote my new whatever? People people respect that. And that's a great way to build relationships because, yeah, your inbox is a much more personal place where you can really talk to people and share um, and get to know them and maybe talk about things that they maybe wouldn't talk about on, on public social media or just is not the place or there's not enough space. And so emails are really great, great thing to do. And if you're finding that you can't find a community at all and you have you're just not being able to start your own one, own one, you should pay for a community. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it, we said this earlier, when you pay for something, you get your money's worth. Someone's providing good value for that. And it means you're going to be accountable and you're going to show up for it. So maybe don't spend $10,000 on your first community, but you know, if you want to pay a hundred dollars or I think, um, April from Blacksburg Bell, her new, um, program is called Sunday Society, and I think it's twenty nine dollars a month. And so you can do it for one month. See if you if it's for you. You know if you like it. I mean, get messy is only ten dollars a month, and you can just try it out and see how it goes. You know, and see if that's helpful for you. But a very important thing when you are paying for community, you need to dive in deep. You need to give it your all. If you pay, I mean, if you pay the. $50 or whatever, and you do absolutely nothing, obviously that's going to do nothing for you. But if you pay it and you chat to people and you reply to people's questions and you share your knowledge and you're open and you help others, always putting others first is the most important. Um, you're going to get a lot more value out of that. And instead of it costing you, I mean, it might've cost you $50, but you are getting like $200 or $1,000 worth of value back from it. Communities can't do everything for you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I have a blog post about community. If you can't find what you're looking for, start it. I have done that in my personal life and in my online life. You know, I wanted to take a Zumba class and there's not really a Zumba class here in Korea that I could take. So I started one, you know, I got a couple girlfriends together and I was like, we're going to teach this and we're going to figure out how to do it. And we've been doing it for three years now and 20 people show up every week. And so, and Kaylee started our mastermind. We started to get messy because there was nothing like this online and that's what we wanted. So pay for it, join a free one, start your own 
There are so many great ways to do it. And community is just so important to us as humans. That's how we were created to be connected with one another and to share and to grow and to learn. And so we think community is really awesome and really important. And we would love for you to join the Get Messy community and to be friends with us there and to learn and grow so much. Um but there are so many great ones out there. And so we know that you can find one that fits you and maybe you don't need to do one online. Maybe you want to do one in real life, but you just have to be super brave and show up. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with us and listening to us talk about community. Clearly we really love this and we hope that you're able to go out today and find a community. So please go visit our show notes and you can click around and see all the different communities that we've listed. And maybe you need to join a few of them or look into them, put them on your, in your budget for next month to join a paid one. And you can totally practice community right now by sharing your favorite places for community in the comments on these show notes. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to How She Creates. We would love to see how you create. Share with us on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with us, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. Grab your art supplies and we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.